Welcome to the New Dawn Podcast. I'm your host and transformation guide, Dawn Lusht. Did you know that 60% of the dollars currently in circulation were printed in the last 18 months? And El Salvador, their legal tender is now Bitcoin? If you're new to thinking about money and your relationship to money, or even if you've been wondering how to improve your relationship with money, then this conversation and podcast is definitely going to help you on your journey to increased awareness. Money is something we all have to deal with on a daily basis, and for many of us, we have a distorted relationship based in shame of wanting or having any, and the lack wound of not having enough. Up until now, it's been sticky and tricky and full of misinformation. You see, the secret to having and receiving more money lies in two things. The first is having the right skill set, and the second is a change in our thoughts. Actually, these are not secrets, but truths, and today's guest is dedicated to revealing and sharing these truths with you. To create wealth for ourselves, our families and community, we need to bust out of those old thought structures that hold us in our place, and recognise that abundance is our birthright, and available to us now. Our guest today, Tiffany Cowell, has been on the podcast once before, talking and sharing about the healing support and power of essential oils. And now she is back, talking about the birth of our future selves and our culture with Bitcoin. Tiffany is passionate about healing and creating a clear relationship for us all with money and leaving behind a positive financial legacy for those that we love. We talk about how Bitcoin gives anyone, anyone, the opportunity for growth and the resources, and most importantly, that they can access these themselves. We are seeing a shift in our financial evolution, and I encourage you to listen with an open heart and mind and take all that resonates. If you want to explore Bitcoin in more depth, you can access Tiffany's online course called Bitcoin is Transformation, and the link is in the show notes. So without further ado, here's Tiffany. Welcome, Tiffany. The second time on the New Dawn podcast, I am absolutely delighted that you are here sharing space, that we are sharing space together again today. So welcome, welcome from the depths of my heart. Ah, I'm really, really happy to be here with you. Now, we're going to take a slight left turn or maybe a complete direct forward momentum (laughs) on on the topic today, because we've talked about essential oils and emotions before when you were last here. But this Mm -hmm. time, when I reached out to you and I said, Tiffany, I really want you to come back and let's have another conversation. You were like, yeah, sure. But I'm really fascinated and passionate about this topic at the moment. What was the topic, Tiffany? Tell us what you are really passionate and excited about at the moment. So we are going to dive into this topic of Bitcoin and transformation, which I think it is kind of, you know, before we're talking about essential oils, we're talking about empaths and supporting empaths. And now here we are talking about Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. What the heck? Yeah, what the heck, Tiffany? What's going on? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, actually, that would be a good place if you don't mind. I'll I'll jump in with that. Like, why? Why? What the heck for me? Why did I go this this way? So let me give a little bit of background um, in in this. All of the works that I create and put out and and who who I am, what I represent, is about 
transformation and empowerment and in essence, birthing the future self and how we can more consciously create, co-create the future and the future of culture together. And so when we look at this topic, really, we, 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 it inevitably leads us down the rabbit hole of the major players in human experience. And the major players are uh, health, healing, money, power, sex. I mean, these are the big, juicy things of human experience where we can either experience a lot of bondage or we can experience a lot of freedom and liberation. So that's sort of the backdrop and the context. And then one other piece to it is that I've always loved money. Like I've always loved money. When I was little, I used to count money. My grandpa had this little wallet, this little coin purse that had all of these old coins and I would open it up and count it. And even though I knew how much money was in there, I would still count it every time I'd go over there, sometimes several (laughs) times a day because I just loved counting the money and looking at the money. That's so funny. I used to do the same thing with my granddad's little pot of, he had 20p pieces and I used to empty it out and do the same thing. That's so funny. (laughs) It is. It's just, it was such a, just a genuine joy. I didn't have at that time, I didn't have all the, I probably had a little bit of baggage associated with money because we were in poverty and my parents fought a lot about money, you know, about money. But nevertheless, when I was counting the money, I felt very free and very excited. So then here I grow up and I'm making my way in the world. And I was terrified of being a failed entrepreneur, a failed small business owner. And I, I was probably even more terrified of just suffering so much around money because that's what I watched my parents do. And they were both they both owned their own business and they had so much continual suffering around money. And so then I, I took the path of studying everything I could about business and somewhat about money and the handling of money, because I knew if I was going to do things differently, I needed, I needed help. And somewhere along the way, I discovered that, uh, you know, people that have more money and people that have less money that it's not just about what you were born into, that it's also a skill set that can be learned. And beyond it being a skill set, there's also a transformation that that needs to happen within the psyche, within individuals in order to to shift their relationship to money. Okay, so all of that's going on in the background as I'm an entrepreneur and I'm creating my business and I have my wellness center and all of these things unfolding. And then I heard about Bitcoin in, so Bitcoin was actually created in 2008 and it slowly, slowly gained some recognition within the public, <laughs> some, some really tough recognition, hard recognition. And then uh, in 2017, my husband and I decided to buy, so we actually bought our house in Sri Lanka in the very end of 2016. In 2017, we're in Sri Lanka at the immigration center to extend our visas. And we meet this lovely man from uh, Germany who's there with his Tamil wife. And it was her first time out of her village up in the north of Sri Lanka. Like, Can you imagine? It's her first time out of her village. And she's like in the big city of Colombo, where I'm actually situated right now. In That's this- crazy, especially for you, because you travel so much as well, haven't you? So yeah. that must be, yeah. And she and just you know her innocence and and this big air conditioned building with all these people from all over the world and we sat together uh, it was it was just a really sweet experience but anyway talking to this this guy and 
because you're sitting there in, in immigration for hours, like way more hours than it's like, wow, why is this taking so long? But that's what happens. And you get this opportunity to, to meet people. And he tells us that he is completely living off of Bitcoin, that he had had this fast paced life in Germany. He was in the fashion industry. He had a business, sold a business, had money. He wanted to get out of the rat race. And he was an early adopter in Bitcoin. And now he was completely just living off of Bitcoin and doing a lot of good works where he was up in the north of Sri Lanka. So that got me interested. And at that time, it was a lot more difficult to buy. They didn't have the same exchanges like we have now, which we'll talk about at the end for people that might want to get started with this simply. And so as he was talking to me about it, it was like way, way over my head. I just, my eyes like glazed over and I just fuzzed out and but at the same time, there was something in me that was like, this is important, pay attention. It just felt out of reach, out of grasp. And at that time, I remember because he said, I can sell you a Bitcoin right now if you want. It was around $8,000. Bitcoin as of today, let's just look right in this moment. Uh, you know, it's, it's a highly volatile market, but um, nevertheless, right at this moment, it's 49000 per coin. And this was in 2007, early 2017, it was 8000 per coin. So that planted a seed. And then fast forward to this year, the year of 2021, early in the year, I was talking to a fellow colleague and he's, and he just brought it up again. And he said, this is important. This is the future. And he sat there with me and he just had me, thank God for him. He, he sat there while I downloaded an app. The app is called Coinbase. It's probably one of the easiest cryptocurrency exchange apps to, to, buy, to um, download. You don't have to buy it. I don't think that it's available in all countries, but in many, so people can start with that Coinbase. So I downloaded it, and I just decided to buy my first amount of Bitcoin right then and there. That's essentially what you did with me as well, isn't it? Exactly. <laughs> you, sat me, exactly. you sat me down and went, now you need to do this. Get on with it. <laughs> exactly. And that is... Uh, and that's actually usually the first biggest hurdle to get over, by the way, for people is just to get the app. Now I have this arrangement in my family. I don't, it, in uh, for, for birthday gifts or Christmas gifts or whatever, I just send Bitcoin. So they all, so we, my brother and I helped everybody in the family download and download the app and show them how they can get their wallet address. So we just send this to each other now. That's cool. I like that. It's really, really cool. Okay, so that's that was my my journey with getting started with Bitcoin. And as I uh, began, in essence, researching it and understanding more about what it is, I was understanding what it is on a tech, techno, technological level, which is, you know, we could nerd out on that, but I think that we'll actually go a different direction in this time together. The, the part that really lit me up more than anything else is that... Uh, Bitcoin is an evolutionary catalyst. And what do you mean? Yeah. So if we look at, at the evolution of culture, when we reflect upon history, we can see that there's this sort of advent or, or things arise along the timeline that are complete game changers. Let's just take one. This is one that I recently learned about in this way that kind of blew my mind because I never thought about it like this. Like when we went from, you know, human beings have been fighting for, <laughs> it's not really funny, but it is kind of funny in a way that, that, that we, we have human beings have been fighting for like as long as we can remember. We've been fighting with one another or fighting with ourselves. 
And when you look at evolutions of technology, you can see a lot of evolutions of technology in war, just as much as you can see evolutions in technology in peace. Now, for, for uh, tribes that were warring against each other or fighting against each other, to go from face-to-face sort of hand-to-hand combat to being able to launch something through the air, as in an arrow, yeah, that was a huge advent. And even if you don't like it because it's connected to war, it was a complete game changer for human beings on all levels, not just on war levels, but also having to do with, with food and with hunting. So, so that's just one cool example. We could look out throughout human history and see all of these different catalysts that arise through invention of human ingenuity that's directly connected to problems and solutions. So Bitcoin arises and it's arising, right? Part of the reason why it's gained so much traction uh, recently is because of COVID and because of the printing of money. So we have something, Bitcoin, which actually solves a lot of the chronic problems of our monetary system and monetary network. And it's now uh, becoming much more interesting to people because of the nature of these times. So what what lands for you about that? And what would you like to know more of? Yeah, so... What I'm interested in at the moment, and it's very, very similar to you, is this evolution of um, experience as a human being in these times, whatever that means, whether it's emotional, socio-political, economic, whatever. There's always, I'm very interested in, especially like you were saying, finding um, whatever the skill set is that we don't have, the problem is that we are facing, and then finding a solution for it. And there seems to be a lot of stickiness, a lot of underhandedness, a lot of illusion, a lot of sleight of hand in the money, uh, the way that money is, uh, we relate to it and the way it's handled, uh, mm. not necessarily by us, but the people who are in charge of it. So with that, there feels like, um, or rather I've heard a lot of people talk about like a great financial reset um, and that maybe all of these sleight of hands, these this illusion, these lies have reached a tipping point and when something is going to happen, uh, that is going to be like a massive catalyst. Do you have any experience to that and is there anything you can speak to about that? About what exactly? Whether you feel that this there is a, a reset, a great reset of financial... Um, the way that we work with money, the way that the financial banking system and all of that, is it collapsing? Do you feel like that that's where Bitcoin is like a saving grace that's mm. coming in? Well, let's, let's, let's explore some facts and go from there because then um, we can be kind of find our footing. Because mm. I think going into, you know, as soon as we say things like, a great financial reset and sleight of hands and all of these things, even though they might be true, all of a sudden we're in a terrain of fear and like, we don't know what's happening and where do we stand and what's actually going on. So, and, and the truth is nobody knows the future. I mean, we don't, nobody knows, nobody knows the future. We don't know exactly what's, we can look along certain lines and we can make predictions, but m- most of the time when we make predictions, we're doing it at least in part based on reflecting upon history. 
And I think and that's that, what I've heard a lot of people talk about, like these seven year cycles or these big cycles that are happening again. And I don't know, there's a, there's always room for movement in that for me, even, you know, when somebody says this is definitely happening. Mm, is it? <laughs> you know, well. It's kind of like um, if you were to, if we were face to face or we were standing in a room together and you were standing at one end of the room and I was standing at the other and you came running at me with your full might uh, without any intention of stopping, the likelihood of you crashing and, and if I had no intention of moving, the likelihood of you crashing into me <laughs> is very high. So while anything is possible, anything is possible. Some things are highly probable based on momentum. And, and I, tr I try to stay out of sensationalized predictions, uh, mainly because I care about my emotional well-being and the connection between my rationality and my emotional rationality. And, uh, and then the other piece is that I truly believe, and it is my direct experience, that we are all co-creating this reality in real time as we go. So I ask myself every day, like, what do I want to contribute to creating today? And then I focus my energy on that. And that's not the same thing as pretending like bad things aren't happening. There's plenty of really shitty things that are happening right now. But what, what do you and I want to focus our energy on? So I'm going to take that, like, um, I'm going to take that energy into answering your question. Uh, and then let's look at what we know. What we know is that 60% of the U.S. dollars in circulation have been printed up in the last 18 months. We know that the the money supply, not just the U.S. dollar, the euro, many countries, Sri Lanka has also been printing up money. And, uh, you know, some people want to make that an immediate bad or wrong thing. I, I actually take the perspective that it's a pretty powerful uh, catalyst in and of itself and that, you know, the alternative could have been an immediate collapse into a Great Depression. So I think most countries were really trying to do what they could to help the situation. So here we are at this interesting time where we have way more fiat currency, which is paper money, government-backed money, pumped into the world circulation than we have ever known before. At the same time that financial legacy institutions are basically going out of date, kind of like we went from CDs to digitized music, they're just, be I mean, I have a bunch of CDs. I never listen to them. <laughs> they're cool to have, but I don't use them anymore. So, so regardless of how one feels about the banking system emotionally, you know, and, and the, the truth is it's antiquated and it's becoming antiquated at a very rapid rate. So. So we have financial legacy institutions that that are like dinosaurs. <laughs> and we have fiat currency, which is losing its value at a really rapid rate. And we have our monetary system, which has all of this intense karma connected to it. Lies, deceit, war, theft, right? That's all attached to money and to gold. And here, here we have this thing arising, Bitcoin, with perfected scarcity. There'll only ever be 21 million Bitcoin. 
the the blockchain is is uncorruptible it can't be hacked and you have uh individuals that can have their own monetary wealth or store of value sovereignty so you can buy bitcoin which will over time go up in value and that's yours the government can't devalue it so the, you just broke up a little bit then could you just say that say that last bit again the last piece again yeah I was saying that uh, there is uh, wealth sovereignty with Bitcoin. You, you, if you buy Bitcoin and you, we call it hodling, you, which stands for hold on for dear life. You just hold it. You don't, you don't sell it when you see the market going up and down. Over time, you, you will increase your wealth through holding this Bitcoin at a much more rapid rate than we've ever seen with gold, than, than, than we've seen with the stock market. And, uh, and no one can take that from you. I'm really, really interested in finding ways where we can find right alignment with money. And um, when I say right alignment, what I mean is to have a, a really clear relationship with uh, without distortion, without us having any emotional connection to it that feels wonky or distorted in some way. Like you were saying with the lies and the deceit, there's often shame or especially um, for people who are working in the health and healing industry, mm. there's often a, a feeling that we shouldn't be charging more. There should be, uh, you know, keeping our prices low and accessible for everybody. Not that that's a wrong thing, but there's often some mindset behind that that's keeping us in a certain loop which is a, a scarcity or a lack mindset or an unworthy mindset and what it feels to me is that there's an opportunity here to create a right relationship not only with ourselves but with money do you feel that too mm-hmm. yes i do i do and i i think um you know, speaking from my own personal experience, I really wanted to to invest and to grow money. And it always felt like this world that was reserved for, you know, pardon this generalization, but for old white men, <laughs> for old white guys that knew better, you know, they somehow had the information and the know-how that I would never have. And and that world felt, even though I will tell you, I spent two and a half years studying uh, about stocks and options trading because I, I really, I was like, you know, this is important to learn how to invest and I want to learn how to do it. And I just could not get myself excited about this stuff when I really got in there and I was learning about it. And I was sad. I, I, was, I was like, oh, no, does this mean I, I'm just not cut out for this? But I knew, I'm like, I know that there's a way to grow money that's not just about real estate and it's not just about the stock market. And it's obviously not putting it in your savings account in your bank because they give you almost nothing. So uh, when I started studying about cryptocurrency and that when, when, you're, what, when you invest in cryptocurrency, you're actually investing in projects that you believe in. I invest in Bitcoin because I believe that it's providing a store of wealth for the people. Bitcoin is an opportunity. For, Bitcoin is basically for the people. 
Bitcoin is for the people. This is the first time in the history of the world that anybody that can have a $40 or $50 smartphone can buy a digital asset that's going to grow in value over time. They could put $5 in. They could put $10 in. When, when in the history of the world has that existed before? To have, right. to have to buy assets that would grow in value over time, that has not been achievable for the majority of the people on the planet. And is that because it's decentralized? Uh, no. But we'll, we'll talk about decentralization. Um, so riffing on, riffing on this piece about investing in and, and having your money grow and connecting this to uh, mindset, the mindset piece that you wove in, especially about people, for people in the healing and helping arts. We so much feel this karma attached to money you know, that people have been hurt or harmed over money, that these, these beliefs that we have, that people that have a lot of money have done it by stepping on others or by using people in that, in, for, for slave labor. Like all of that's attached and we just can't stomach it. We're like, well, no, if, that was, if that's what having a lot of money means, I opt out. I did that for many, many years. But this, this is a different opportunity where we can actually create extraordinary wealth in a win-win-win scenario. Nobody else is getting hurt over it. We're not using anybody to create it. We're actually growing our money. As the money supply is growing exponentially, because it is, we are growing our money exponentially through wise investment in cryptocurrency. And, and that's really what I'm passionate about. So to, and, and to me, as we do that, that heals. That heals these wounds in the collective around money karma. I mean, I, I'm, I, I, my experience is very, very free around money now. Very, very free. I don't have that, that attachment that I, used to, that I used to have that I think we know very well that kind of bogs you down. Hmm. Yeah, and it's making me wonder, um, what is it about Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies versus the actual stocks and shares. What is it? What's the difference? Because I know that there's for for people that I know who they invest in both. I think I've heard you say that you invest in both, but I, I'm guessing now you have a bias towards uh, Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I definitely do, and I I think each person has to find their way that they're comfortable with. You know, it's not like, um, it's definitely not a black and white thing. I can tell you that if you objectively, if you look at the returns on cryptocurrency, they blow the returns of the S&P 500 out of the water. And one could argue, well, yeah, but then look at the dips. Look when we go into bear markets or crashes for cryptocurrency, there's huge losses. That's true. But if you spread things out over a three to five year chart, you see massive, massive gains over that time. So, for example, I, I, I mean, right now, so far this year, Bitcoin is up, even with multiple crashes, Bitcoin is up 213%. Wow. 213% even with multiple crashes. My consistent return on investment, I, I almost double the money that I invest every two and a half months. 
where where else can you do that? And what's your long-term aim then for holding Bitcoin and to watch it investing like this? Because I think I heard you say that you're looking to keep it minimum three and a half to four years. Is that right? Mm. I uh, My strategy right now is that I, I buy Bitcoin daily, every day. This is called dollar cost averaging because the market is very volatile rather than looking every day and going, oh, should I buy it today or wait, is it going to go down lower or whatever? Now when, when the market crashes, I just think of it as a big sale. <laughs> I get excited. <laughs> but, but So I kind of put that on autopilot. I buy Bitcoin every single day. Bitcoin is digital gold. This is what I plan to leave as my legacy to family, to charities. So bi- my Bitcoin stores will live on in my name to help others after I transition from this life. That's my plan with Bitcoin. I have other coins that I buy and I do some trading and uh, you know shifting around, if you will, of those in order to maximize profits. And I pull profits at different times to actually have income coming from that. So that's another part of the strategy. And then a third part of the strategy is because, at least in the United States, Bitcoin is considered an asset, not a currency. So as an asset, we get taxed capital gains tax, which is 25%. So if I were to pull my Bitcoin out, I would get taxed at 25% on the, for the profits. So another mm-hmm. option, and this is part of my strategy, is that I grow my Bitcoin holdings and then I take loans out on the Bitcoin at low interest rates in order to fund whatever projects I'm doing or expand the business, et cetera. So that's another way that we can create money flow or monetary flow with the Bitcoin without having to cash it in. So that's really interesting because I was having a a, a conversation with somebody the other day and we were talking about how it would be really awesome to create almost like your own bank where you and your family can have, um, can go in and get uh, money or get like a loan of sorts and then pay it back over time so that you're keeping it within the family that it feels accessible that it feels a lot more local rather than having to depend on other people and I've been thinking and looking about how that could potentially happen and it seems to me like the way that you're talking about that could feel really a lot more accessible and a lot more opportunistic for for that kind of experience to happen do do you see what I mean yes it's brilliant yeah I mean, if you think about traditional banking loans, like most of the people, I would say if we took all of the people on the planet, most of the people aren't in a, in a zone where they can qualify for a traditional banking loan. I mean, a lot of people on the planet still don't have bank accounts, mind right. you. So, so, and, so there's this kind of elitist aspect to banking loans, you know, for better or worse, that's just the nature of the system. You can take out a cryptocurrency loan. It doesn't matter what your credit is. It doesn't matter what your credit is. Your, your Bitcoin is being used as collateral. Yeah. And that's exactly where, um, what I was thinking could be really interesting for, um, like you were saying, helping other people, like, especially for those of us who are in the healer helper kind of arena, we want to be able to help other people also. And this feels to me like a non-traditional way or an emergent way, um, mm-hmm. that 
could also meet a lot of other needs that traditionally felt like there were blockers or tax implications or Mm -hmm. just barriers to entry and things like that. How does that, does that sound, does that resonate with you? Oh, everything you said is true. Yeah. Where do you hope Bitcoin is taking us? Like if you, do you Mm -hmm. have a grand vision or a hope or an, something that feels like a mm-hmm. huge possibility that you're hoping will come into play? I love that question so much. Um, <laughs> Bitcoin is going to, and is already, allowing the underdogs to rise up. The underdogs of countries the underdogs of individuals, of different communities. It's providing true wealth opportunity that has not been accessible to so many human beings for so long. So there is, we are currently in the midst of the greatest wealth transfer in all of human history that we know. And cryptocurrencies is a big part of that wealth transfer. Uh, Certainly big, large corporations are, uh, still getting quite ri- quite richer through this experience. We take Amazon, for example. That, but that, but just because that is happening doesn't negate the fact that we are in a great wealth transfer, and that we have an opportunity for the people, we just say that the average person, to take back their financial sovereignty and hold it in their own hands, and not only preserve their wealth but grow their wealth independent of legacy structures that were designed to hold them down. Do you know that? Oh, in, that feels in powerful. Just, it's so freaking powerful. Just last year in the United States alone, the largest banks, I think the three largest banks, they, they collected $8 billion in NSF charges, insufficient fund fees. So this is what the person gets wow. charged when they don't have enough money when the check comes through. So $8 billion from the people that don't have the money. That doesn't feel good. No. So so this is about a new wealth paradigm for the people. This is about healing of our money karma. This is about creating transparency and trust around money that, that we have not experienced yet to date. And it's about a major, major transformation and up-leveling in our power because our power is directly connected to money, because money is the main form of energy that we share with other human beings across the planet. This is what, this is what you, it's making possible. How do you think that's going to affect the lack mindset or lack mentality that is so pervasive in society and within each of us at the moment? I think it's going to flip things upside down. And if I, I mean, Don, I'm a human that even though I love money so much and I did all of this study of business and entrepreneurship and uh, subconscious reprogramming of my mind in relationship to money, I, I still so much struggled with actually gaining traction in investing and saving. And it wasn't until I connected with Bitcoin and cryptocurrency that it was like, 
oh, finally, the universe created what I've been waiting for and asking for. <laughs> and it makes so much sense to me, even when it doesn't make sense, even when there's so much that I don't understand. I encourage anybody listening to this to feel that for yourself. Is there something about what I'm saying that makes so much sense to you, even though you have tons of big questions about how it works and what it means and your brain's like, ah, I don't even understand. But to, to your soul, to your bones, is there something that makes sense to you about this? It makes so much sense to me. Um, and now I totally lost your question. What was it? <laughs> well, what, what was the shift? What, what made you suddenly or over time or instinctively, I don't know, make you go, this is, Black. this feels, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, Bitcoin is a reflection of what's actually true about wealth and monetary growth. It's exponential, it's logarithmic, uh, it's uncorruptible, uh, it gives possibility for financial sovereignty and true financial freedom, free from legacy institutions that were designed to create enslavement. And so all of that combined is what's allowed, you know, we could say allowed and also catalyzed this this integrated embodied shift in me and i think it will for many many others this is why i'm so passionate about sharing about it is you know it takes it from being in our head to being an actual reality in our daily experience wow i mean i've i've worked with you in a number of different ways and i know that the one thing that you're really passionate about is creating freedom from limitations in all ways. And uh, f so th to me, there's no surprise here that it seems like a very natural and obvious step that you would then start to look at the places and spaces within money and our relationship to it that uh, create limitations or lack mentality or stop us from really truly believing in ourselves and believing in our gifts in order to be able to put them out in the world and then get return on our own investments, so to speak. Mm. But um, I wonder what the pitfalls are. Can you speak to those? Do, can, do you feel like there's any pitfalls like... Pitfalls of, the... of crypto or of Bitcoin? Yeah. Sure. That's also a very big topic that we could totally easily do a whole uh, segment on. And so if people want to know more about these uh, in, in more detail, we'll include a link for the Bitcoin is Transformation course and a, and a coupon code for people. Um, yeah, that was such a good course. I love that. Thank you mm, for that. Welcome. Uh, could Bitcoin go away like could governments ban bitcoin and and then you know it basically no longer exists that was a question for that was in question for a period of time it's not in question anymore because of how ingrained it is into our monetary reality at this point uh we we're in 2022 they'll probably be it's looking like four more countries that follow suit with El Salvador, who recently made Bitcoin its legal tender. 
El Salvador is the first country to come off of the U.S. dollar standard tied to their currency. Wow, it's the most I didn't ex- know that. It's the most exciting. I just cried for days when I learned about this. Um, we, we're going to see more countries that are underdog countries come off of this, which is going to save them and give the people opportunity for real store of value and growth and resource access for themselves, which is huge. Uh, you know, there's all these little things. Good Lord, I could go on and on. Grubhub just announced Bitcoin rewards. That's a, it's a, it's a meal delivery service in the U.S. You have Stripe and Square and Venmo and PayPal uh, that are all integrating Bitcoin. So at this point, Bitcoin's not going anywhere. Um, it's not in competition for the U.S. dollar because it's not technically a currency. It's a store of value. Think about it as gold. A lot of the objections that come up around Bitcoin have to do with mistakenly, think, mistakenly thinking that Bitcoin is a currency when it's actually a store of value. There are other coins that serve as more of a currency. Bitcoin's not one of them. Um, can governments ban certain aspects of Bitcoin? Yeah, I mean, China banned Bitcoin mining. That leads to another... Does that ab- to do with the environmental... Energy the energy mm. impact. So they, and it was actually a really beautiful thing. They were banning um, Bitcoin mining specifically in areas that were utilizing energy that was still rooted in the burning of coal. So the beautiful thing about Bitcoin is while it does use, it actually uses four times less energy than the traditional banking system. It produces and gives into the system far more benefit and reward than many other things that we could analyze in terms of energy usage. So whenever we look at energy usage, we also have to say, look at what's the outcome from that energy usage. In, a, in other words, what's the payoff? So now Bit, Bitcoin mining operations are being built in eco-friendly ways. The United States is becoming a big hub. They're using wind power, solar panel, solar power, volcanic power. All of these things can be utilized, which... They're storehouses of energy that w- that now we can use to the benefit of all people. Mm. Yeah. Uh, so that's another is the energy. Um, what's another big objection you've heard? So there's the banning. There's the energy. Oh, I know another. The en- big, one other big one is uh, criminal activity. <laughs> I think this is funny. I've done a lot of research into this actually. You dollars are still the number one choice for criminal activity by far. <laughs> <laughs> I was listening to a, a YouTube video on that this morning and the person was saying it's too easily traceable Bitcoin. So mm-hmm. it's the least uh, in what's the word? Not enjoyable, the least uh, obvious choice for criminals because it's trackable. <laughs> yes, <laughs> is that exactly, what you're going to say? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and also, uh, you know, w- this is another possible objection, but I think it's actually a good thing as people are worried about regulation coming in and regulation will come in and some more regulation is needed actually. Uh, so I think even though we might see like prices dip when regulatory announcements come out over time, it's going to give more price stability to the to the whole ecosystem um and what about if the internet drops or falls down or yeah well, that's happens? a great one so i love that one so because bitcoin is uh, decentralized so here we get to loop around to the decentralization <laughs> because because this is important because bitcoin is decentralized which means it's mined in nodes that are separate all over the world 
if the internet goes down over half the world, you still have the other half of the world operational. So the internet would have to go down over the entire world at the same time for the entire Bitcoin network to fail. The likelihood of that happening is incredibly minuscule. Um, you know, there are apocalyptic scenarios and uh, those are possibilities, just like anything is a possibility. But I would say even in cases of major parts of the grid going down, you still have whole other sections of the grid that are operational and human beings are amazing at building things back up again. Hmm. This is, I mean, I feel like we're in sometimes the best of times and the worst of times here. I feel like there is so much constriction and um, things that are happening within society that feel altogether not pleasant and they feel uncomfortable and uh, quite frankly, sometimes scary. Um, mm -hmm. And yet, and at the same time, there feels out of these experiences, like you were speaking to at the beginning, is this opportunity. There's always an opportunity, like every shadow has a gift. And out of this shadow of uh, intensity and um, discomfort and fear and overwhelm and all that kind of stuff, there is the potential for something truly other to come out of this. Mm -hmm. And this feels like what you're speaking to is Bitcoin and potentially the other cryptocurrencies um, are moving their way into this space in order to create something altogether different. Yes. Well Does that so. feel true? Mm -hmm. Yeah. We human beings always conjure the next solution to the major problems. And even with all of the challenge and all of the dysfunction and all of the injustice if you look at the qual the average quality of human life in comparison to 500 years ago 800 years ago we've had a lot of genuine beautiful progression i mean beautiful epic epic progression so when when we have major catalytic shifts in human consciousness and human evolution there's always something that we collectively conjure to sort of be our savior, if you will. We did it with world religions. I think that we're doing it now with Bitcoin. So we've conjured something up that gives us hope, that, that helps heal, that gives more power, that helps with this metamorphosis that we're in the midst of. I see that it does all of those things. And I say that from a very grounded, a gr very grounded place. I hear that because as I'm as I'm listening to you talk, I, I'm thinking, is this too good to be true? Like, is this just something like a pipe dream? Actually, nothing's going to change. This is just something that's uh, floating around and it's going to disappear. And then I hear the tone at which you're explaining and exploring this topic. And it just it doesn't feel like there's that excited agitation of, you know, grasping onto something that has to be in place in order to make this change happen mm -hmm. it just feels like a well this is where we're at right now and this is what we're exploring and it feels this way and let's see where it goes mm -hmm. yeah I mean we have we get the power to choose where we 
put our attention and choose what we believe in. And one thing we know for sure is that change is inevitable. Mm -hmm. And technology continues to develop and it will continue to develop. So why, why would we not choose to align with something that makes more sense than what has existed before? Why, why would we not? Is it risky? Yes, there's risk involved in everything. I think it's much more risky to not align with something different. In that case, you just go down with the ship. You know, oh, really? shit. Yeah, oh, shit. So choose something, you know, whatever it is that people decide to choose to believe in, choose something to believe in. Choose something that lifts you up and align yourself with that, not blindly, but align yourself with it because you believe that it provides a different option than what's previously been available and you find hope in that. And then that way you're at the same time that you're investing in whatever it is that you're investing in, you're also investing in yourself. You're investing in future culture. For sure. And that brings me on to this idea of legacy. What is it that you want to create and leave behind, like you were speaking to earlier? You know, as a that feels so important to me that whatever I put my attention to and whatever I create has a lasting in, positive impact for, you know, the intention that I'm putting in feels positive. Um, and I'm creating a legacy that I feel happy to be part of and leave behind. Mm -hmm. And I heard you speak to that as well earlier too. Mm -hmm. It's significant, awesome. isn't it? Mm -hmm. So where can people start? Where would you say that people should start, Tiffany? Yes, I'm so glad you asked that. I mean, first thing is to just start. And you can start by downloading an exchange app. These are The exchanges are basically... You can think of them like digital storefronts where you can purchase your Bitcoin. And uh, the most famous uh, digital exchange right now is called Coinbase. I think you can get that in many countries. I just recently was in the Maldives and I was helping some of the um, staff that I met there uh, to, to down to, I was tipping people in Bitcoin. And so they had to, so they had to download, <laughs> so they had to download the apps, which made me so excited. Cool. So I was researching, you know, which ones are available in, in Asia. Uh, I found this one called Paxful, for example. Um, Kraken is another one. Uphold is another one. Just pick one that you can, that you look up and it's like, in, in, is, is this exchange allowable in my country? Type that into a search engine, you'll find the answer. Start with Coinbase if you want to start easy. And then uh, fund your account by buying some amount of Bitcoin, whatever amount you, you come, you know, that you can do at this time. And secondly, I would say, set up a reoccurring buy and that might be a monthly buy. It could be $10. It does not have to be a huge amount of money. If you wanted to, some of the exchanges allow you to do daily buys. You could do that, like the dollar cost averaging like I do. And while you have that going, start to do a little bit of research, a little bit of digging in to this world of cryptocurrencies. It can be dizzying. There's you know thousands and thousands of coins. Um, the strongest bets, right? Not bets, not the right word. The the least risky of the coins that a person can buy right now are Bitcoin and Ethereum. Uh, 
And so you could start with those. And then you could look into my Bitcoin is transformation course. And I give a lot more information about Bitcoin, how it works, blockchain technology. And then I also give a whole list of resources if you're wanting to go deeper into understanding the alter, the altcoins, alternative coins. That's a super rich and very full uh, offering that you have created there. I've been through nearly all of it, but it's taken me quite a long time. So what you've created is so uh, abundant. So thank you very much for And Can for I ask offering. you, when you said it's taken you quite a long time, why is that? Because there's not actually that many hours of video. Did That's true. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, you cover a lot of concepts and a lot of th- things that shift my mindset. Hmm. And it's the shifting of mindset that I like to take in bite-sized chunks to kind of sit with and reflect and contemplate on. Uh, To take it all in one go, I could easily just sit there and listen to the whole thing in one go. Um, But I don't think I would have got the most out of the experience of that course had I done it that way. That's just my personal preference of learning. I mean, other people, I'm sure, could... Yeah, so it's not, it, what's taking time is you digesting, not necessarily the actual taking of the course. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. That makes total sense. And it's profound, Tiffany. Everything that you bring and everything that you offer is deeply profound. I, I, I would me being uh, giving it an injustice if I just listened to it and went, oh, that was cool. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So, you know what I well, do with I mean, some of my, cause I have some of my teachers, you know, that I'm listen to and study with around this, around cryptocurrency and Bitcoin, they, they will do that. They'll just say things that are so completely profound. And what I do is I just listen over and over again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I can, exactly. I can sink through the layers. It really is. A, it, it really is very new. You know, this is a new way yeah. of thinking and a new way of being. Yeah, because inherent in what you offer and inherent in the way that you speak is already a mindset mindset shift. So even just listening means that you're already thinking and shifting how you're perceiving the experience. And that's without actually taking on board the information that you're talking about. Yeah, and then the last thing I'll say just about the, this is about educational experience in general, especially educational experience that facilitates transformation, is that there's no substitute for experience. So, you know, we could, a person could study Bitcoin all for hours every day, you know, for years. And that doesn't replace what's learned when they actually just get in there, buy some, notice what happens in their experience as the market goes up and down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and learns more out of like the oh shit place oh my god what did I get myself into I better learn more about this <laughs> yeah exactly that mm. yeah Tiffany this has been an absolute delight I adore speaking to you there's always so much that I evolve and learn from when I'm in your company and not least to do with finances and shifting my money my own money story and my lack mentality. So thank you for being a way shower in this area. And I absolutely can't wait to see what you bring next into this arena and share your gifts and wealth with the world. Yes, thank you. And I wanted to mention too, that if people go to my YouTube channel, 
starting January 1st, I'll be putting out videos every day. Uh, and they'll nice. cycle through legacy change, aroma point therapy, and cryptocurrency, and the new wealth paradigm for the people. And then I'll also be speaking uh, at the Bitcoin conference in 2022, which is in April, and that's going to be live streamed. So for anybody that subscribes to my YouTube channel, they'll get all the details about that. That's exciting. Yes, it is. Oh, my God. I look forward to that. Uh, definitely. So, Tiffany, thank you once more for um, coming on to the New Dawn podcast. And I hope this won't be the last time that you come and share your wisdom and knowledge with us. All right. Bye. Thank you. Thank you for listening today. I hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as I did. If you want to support the podcast, please share this with your friends and family. It's very much appreciated. And finally, if you want to keep up to date with all of these conversations, my musings and offerings, then subscribe to my newsletter, which you can find on the front page of my website at www.dawnlusht.com. And until next time, keep believing in yourself.